Greetings, Game Cola faithful, and welcome to the Game Cola podcast. This is podcast number 142, and that is a fact. That is true. And I am your host, podcast commander, Joseph Martin. Hi, I'm Anna Bernarski, uh social media trash queen and staff writer sometimes, I guess. I am James Pelster, and I am the co-administrator of the Game Cola YouTube channel. I'm Alex the Jedi Jedrizak, your jeditor in chief of Jingcola. Jed. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. I am John Rizzi. I am. I guess I'm exclusively the Danganronpa of <laughs> commentator. <laughs> <laughs> Only Danganronpa. Um, Anna, you did in fact ruin the thing that we had going, which was that every single person on this podcast name was going to be Jay before you rejoined. This happened to me once before where it was all of you and then me. Yep. <laughs> well, I am also Alex Jetty, so it's like we, we yeah. get this transition from A to A slash J. Yeah, to J yeah to J that's to J. true. It's, it's the AJ Cola podcast. Daddy, yes. I have a question for you. Yes. It's not about video games, but it is about game call, I guess, tangentially. Okay. What is the ratio of people who call you Alex and Jetty or other names aside from that? On Game Cola or like in In your life. In my life. There is a, a a reasonable portion of people who know me who call me Jetty. And sometimes it's surprising to hear because, you know, at work Nobody knows me as Jetty, but like in my like longtime friends, uh, people who've known me on the internet for uh, an extended period most call me Jetty. Uh, so like Paul calls me Jetty. I have some very old friends from like high school who call me Jetty, but like people who know me at work call me Alex. And yeah, it, it's not quite 50 50 i would say like 30 percent of people who i talk to on a, a regular basis call me <laughs> jetty hmm. That's interesting. interesting we now well now we can just add that to the game cola lore bucket <laughs> <laughs> that everybody knows about uh today on the podcast we are going to talk about video games not just uh names Video names? Video oh, names. Wow. Um, Video names. Uh, that rhymes, and that's the only through line. Name cola podcast. Um, <laughs> we have uh, a couple questions from the uh, Game Cola Discord, which you can find on our Twitter or on our website or probably other places. Or if you just ask us, we'd probably give you the invite link, unless we're asleep or something. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, let's knock out this short one real quick, because there's only one person on this podcast who can answer it, uh, from Brancliffe. Uh, did you get all the bell tickets at the end of May Day? No. Brancliffe also follows up with, <laughs> I missed out on the last few. I didn't. Anna, what is, what is so, Brancliffe talking about? <laughs> so for May words? Day, there was a special island ticket where you could go to an island. Uh, you could bring any of your belongings with you. Um, you got a shovel when you got mm. there. And you got some fruit once you were going through this maze that uh, that was on the island. And um, so the thing about fruit in Animal Crossing New Horizons is that if you eat fruit, it gives you the power to, with a shovel or an axe, uh, break rocks or with a shovel, like uproot an entire tree. I think you also get, yeah, you got like a worn axe at first and then the materials to build an axe. And so you go through this maze getting fruit and the tools and everything. 
And then at the end, there are bell vouchers, which you trade in at the Nookling store for actual bells. Um, also at the end of the maze was Rover, who, um, if you've played any of the other Animal Crossings, uh, Rover is the first person you talk to in the first Animal Crossing game and in New Leaf, who does the whole, hey, what's your name, where are you going, blah, 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 whatever. And he gives you a briefcase, which you can put in your house, which it is currently in my bedroom in my Animal Crossing house, because I didn't know where else to put it. And um, so at the very beginning of the maze, there's a section where there are a few bell vouchers that you can't get to. And I don't know how you would get to them, because I, I was like running through looking to see if I had gotten like all the fruit, if I was missing something. But it just, I don't know how you would have gotten in. Uh, but no, I didn't get the bell vouchers that were at the very beginning. You would have, you would have had to break like three rocks and I just, I wasn't able to. So, no, the answer was no. Do you think they call, they used a maze because it sounds a little bit like May? Maybe? I don't know anything about May Day. <laughs> That's not really a, ho- it's, it's not really a holiday in the United States, so I don't know. I'm glad we Amazing. finally met. I'm glad we finally mentioned what game this was a part part of yeah. about halfway through that tangent because I was about to say, is this in real life or the, or in some kind of yeah, game? Yeah, this say is real Animal life. Crossing early. No, you didn't. <laughs> you eat fruit and it gives you the power to break rocks. I mean, you don't. <laughs> that's, that's what yeah, I do no, every day. It just the thing is, is that I knew so well what they were talking about that I was like, no. I know what this is. I I, I run Um, a a tree uprooting business, and all I do is I just bring my my little shovel over to somebody's house to just eat it, just eat an apple, and then just boom, trees. And then I just take their tree and then sell it or put it somewhere else for them. Yeah. And also, if you touch a toilet, you lose this ability forever (laughs) until you eat more fruit. Yeah. Okay, so in this Animal Crossing, um, if you use the toilet, you get like the fruits that you've eaten you can be done you you excrete the fruit <laughs> I, I mean that's yeah that's how toilets work um yeah I don't the know. the little counter that says like because you can only have eaten like ten fruits or something yeah. at most so that little count if you sit on a toilet that little or go into like one of the porta potties the little counter starts going down <laughs> that's very so, silly. Uh, I have I have a it's, topic. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> I have a topic. <laughs> what? Moving on. <laughs> so, uh, the house where I live has little awnings over the windows, and uh, there are some birds that are nesting under the awning. Mm-hmm. So, is this in Animal Crossing or in real life? <laughs> this is in real life. Okay. Oh, birds. Oh, okay. Yes, we were supposed to talk about birds. Uh, I'm so glad. Thank you, Jenny. <laughs> yes, is there is there another through line, or is this just making sure we got to talk about birds? Oh no, we just had a brief pause, and I decided to uh, interject with birds. Okay, as long as we're all on the same page. <laughs> Anna did say at the beginning that she wanted to talk about birds, so I'm glad we got that covered, and we can move on. Yep. Um, we spent a lot more time yeah. on this question than I thought we would. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. This other question comes from uh, Axe. It's a little more broad, so I think everybody will have an opportunity to answer. Um, uh, basically, 
Uh, how much or how little of a game do you find yourself typically remembering? Is it specific thing, specific things like story or mechanics? I am consistently amazed at how little of a story I'll remember despite having played a game like a year ago or something. Um, like I'll, I'll remember a bunch of main points, but I'll be like really surprised at some like, uh, you know, side story that I just completely forgot or, uh, you know, that some character even existed or something. Yeah, for me, it always just depends on the game. So, like, I played Uncharted 4 recently, and while the gameplay was, like, super generic and mostly watching, I love the story, and I love the characters, and I will remember all, all of them for, for for a long time. But I'm also playing through Kingdom Hearts. That story sucks. <laughs> and is completely Yikes. and is you're, you're, completely convoluted. Made, we're now going to get <laughs> thousands of of angry emails calling in. Okay, 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 okay. You said Kingdom Hearts I was, story okay. is bad. Okay, I'm gonna let me let me address that, James, because I know lots of people who play Kingdom Hearts. I think that they would agree. That's terrible. I don't disagree either. I think the story love is, the is incredibly convoluted. I will say that I will give that the characters are strong, but the story is super convoluted mm-hmm. that it just gets like I just stopped following it after a while. But the gameplay is so much fun. Yeah, like, like if holy you talked God. about the story of Kingdom Hearts, you could basically just a, a friend of mine pointed this out, and he says you could replace the words light and darkness and heart in Kingdom Hearts and with with just any arbitrary word and they would still have just as little actual meaning because of how much those terms are just thrown around without any sort of That's like fair. Like you could just completely replace heart, the word heart in all of the scripts with like potatoes. And it would be, it would make just as much sense because they, they, there's no way, like, heart is just a fallback term for, like, any kind of story MacGuffin that they need to, or motivation that they need to throw in there. So, which is yeah. just, it's, it's hilarious at times. So, like, it, obviously, it's not as bad, you know, if you're actually playing the game, but people have made, uh, compilations of Kingdom Hearts where, except it's only the parts where they say, heart light or darkness and like it is just the most incomprehensible it thing. is four hours long <laughs> yeah it's like it's just it's just completely incomprehensible oh god but yeah so yeah but the gameplay is super fun it is super f- it's like if if doom was like a fast action rpg <laughs> it is well do it's is, got the fast action part going for it but yeah, it's so so much to think about in such a at such a fast pace. It's so much fun to play through. Uh, but but would you remember the specific mechanics? Would you say, or would you just remember like the the general battle, like the the battle system, or would you remember? Oh hey, uh, this boss is weak to this thing, or oh hey, here's the strategy for defeating large groups of enemies, that sort of thing. Is it? All of the mechanics, um, or is it just the the more broad ones that you use in uh, basically pro- every battle? Probably the more broad ones, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So for me, I think uh, for me, kind of kind of similar to John, I would say it depends very wildly based on the game itself. Some games I will remember 
all of the story in and then others i will just remember the general points and i'll be like wait when did that happen or whoa i didn't know i I didn't remember this happened now or uh or some other games i'll just not remember the mechanics and i'll i'll just be playing the game again after a while and i'll be like oh god i don't remember what any of the buttons do and that is always a fun time let me tell you (laughs) uh when you don't remember what buttons do what it's really interesting because uh, I, I've been recently going back and replaying a couple games that I, I played a few years ago, and I was shocked at like how much I enjoyed the game, but at the same time how little I actually remembered going back to it. And uh, like I, I really thought at the time that I remembered so much about the game itself, and then I, I came back to it, and I'm like, oh... No, I don't remember this at all. And that's it's it's really weird to experience that where you go back to a game and just everything seems foreign or like it it, it seems familiar and yet it isn't if that makes sense. Uh, it's a very strange uh sensation to go back and and experience that. Like I mostly remember the overarching story. For the most part, I don't remember a lot of small things that happened. One of the exceptions is like games like Ace Attorney and Valhalla, where most of it is story. But um, I was just thinking about uh, the bird game again, uh, where I forgot an entire half of Hostful Boyfriend existed, where it was uh, I forgot about uh, the messed up part of Hurtful Boyfriend, where it's just ugh. That that game. Um, and then even like the sequel, I forgot entire parts of it until I honestly just sat down and thought about it. So for the most part, unless I'm really, really trying to think about it, I usually only remember like the overarching story and I remember like just bits and pieces, especially funny parts. But um, unless the game is mostly story, um, I don't remember every single thing. But yeah, I'm trying to think of other examples. Like, Night in the Woods is definitely another one where I'm just like, I remember most of the entire story because most of the game is story. Or something like Earthbound where I remember the overarching story, but I forget one or two things that happen. Like, I might forget an entire section of the game. If you've been listening to the Game Cola podcast for a long time, you may have come to suspect that I have a story graphic memory. Um, which is why I can't really replay any game where the narrative is a major component because I generally, except in really specific cases where it was like, oh, I was 11 when I played this video game. I remember stories very vividly to the point where I have working memory of a lot of stories of video games that I have never played and only have heard about on this podcast. Huh. (laughs) Like, I'm pretty sure I could give you a pretty solid summary of the plot of E7. (laughs) I've never played it, but Jetty explained it one time and now I know it forever. Um, Or 
and Master Blaster Zero. <laughs> yeah, that's that's interesting. I'm very much not yeah. like that. For me, like even with like really story driven games, there's parts like I'll remember a lot of the like if there's a scene to me that really stands out. I'll definitely remember that scene in in very specific detail. But like, if you asked me to remember what happens on any individual given day in, say, Valhalla, or or in on any particular trial day in Ace Attorney, I would not be able to to tell you what that is, except in very very specific circumstances. Like if it were if it were a game that I 100% just absolutely adored and put a bunch of time into, maybe so. Like Danganronpa V3, for instance, I could probably tell you uh, a lot of what went on in individual scenes, but even then, I probably wouldn't remember everything. It's just It's just way too much for my brain to remember. I just remember the stuff that I really either enjoy or that just really stood out to me. And then... I, I come back to it later, and I'm like, whoa, I didn't remember this other bit. I will say that the one that the, the one recent experience I've had with, like, not remembering the story of a game at all from a game that I played when I was, like, 12 was um, uh, Pokemon, the second Pokemon Ranger game, I think Shadows of Omnia or something, where I was playing, and it was like, man, I've definitely played this entire video game before, and I don't remember any of this. I get, like, little <laughs> waves of, like, oh, that looks kind of familiar, um, I think part of it is not really a whole lot happens <laughs> in a video game. Yeah, that's that's yeah. generally um, not a good or, sign of a good game. And there's certain game. things where it's like, I don't know if I remember this or if it's just very predictable that, hey, the two kids that you were friends with in your ranger school and then you separate from them for a little while, they're going to come back and be your friends again. <laughs> Like, they're not just going to not be relevant for the rest of the story. And I feel like I remember that, but also, like, I might have just had a little bit of narrative savviness. Um, I think we've covered this uh, pretty thoroughly. So let's move on to some fun news. Uh, First, I wanted to bring up that Nintendo's new sales, uh, quarterly sales, came out. And a particular note... Uh, going back to Animal Crossing, um, as of March 31st, Animal Crossing has sold 11 million copies. Good. In quarantine. Um, which is... Yeah, no, this is, like, the perfect time. Yeah, it's like, that's, like, the first 11 days of it being available. And I think now it's up to, if the numbers that I read are to be believed, it's 13 million. I believe that's correct, yeah. Which, 13 million puts it above Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee. At about 12 million. Uh, Splatoon 2 at about uh, 10 million. Mario Party, Super Mario Party at about 10 million. And uh, Mario Brothers Deluxe at about uh, 6.5 million. Nice. So it's, I think, six. The sixth best selling Switch game if you're combining Sword and Shield into one game. Dang. I also heard that Sword and Shield surpassed the, uh, the 3DS games sales. Uh, let me have a look. I can look at that real quick. Sword and Shield so, is seventeen point I mean, three seven. My personal opinion, I my personal opinion of that game is not what I think most people would be. Yeah, it's about one million more mm. than Sun and Moon gotcha. and X and Y. But you also have to think like I don't know. There there there's other things at at play with yeah. Sun and Moon. Oh, yeah. I mean, like I would even argue that 
there's three sets of 3DS Pokemon games. Yeah, because you've got there X There may be y. a little bit of bloating. <laughs> X and Y, Sun and Moon, and Omega, Ruby, and Alpha Sapphire. Which, oh, I, I and just want to say Moon. here... Uh, oh, oh, Omega Root. Okay, listen. Ultra Moon and oh, Ultra yeah. Sun are basically Sun and Moon. Let's let's not kid ourselves here. So, They're also much lower on the 3DS sales chart. They're at like eight million. And the oh other yeah, ones the, are those they did not do well. They did not do well. Um, Animal Crossing has also done better now than all other previous Animal Crossing games, at least that are listed that I can Again, find numbers for. Again, not a surprise considering the circumstances. Like, that is, of all the games that I imagine, I can't, like, I'm not a, I'm not a psychology wizard here, but I would imagine <laughs> of all the, of all the games that you would want to probably play, a nice, just a nice, relaxing, feel-good game that you can just put a little bit of time into every day, like, yeah. it's the perfect, like, the, <laughs> Nintendo is, could be uh, the one behind this whole quarantine situation, and I wouldn't be surprised because it is just well, the perfect. All right, let's let. I I don't actually believe that. Just no, be I know. But like, if it came out that that was the case, I wouldn't even be that surprised, just because of how perfect of a time it is for that kind of a game to be releasing. Like, it is. It's. It's almost incredible how perfect that kind of game is. For, I for bought Doom Eternal the same day Animal Crossing came out. What does that <laughs> say about my mental health? <laughs> yeah, hey, it just means you have good taste in video games. You could buy both. It means you have good taste. True. Plus, it means fantastic memes. Yes. All, all of the crossover jokes I've seen are just absolutely hilarious. That's the one thing... Like, I, I'm not a fan of Animal Crossing, personally. I got into it back in Wild World. I tried it again. Uh, I spent a lot of time in Wild World on my DS when I was in middle school. Spent a whole bunch of time in high school uh, during New Leaf. Uh, and then just dropped it and just dropped it hard. Because it just started to be something that I really didn't... I went from, like, just... Was your 3DS okay? Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> things... It, it's not a Game Boy, but it's it's built it's built like a brick. Uh, but actually, though, in seriousness, uh, I I just think I've really kind of grown out of those kinds of play a little bit every day style of games. And I understand that that's not how you have to play it. You know, you can you can time travel and all that. And personally, I don't judge you. I think it's your own single player game. You should be allowed to do what you want with it. But uh, the, the wh what seems to be the the reasonable expectation of how you play those games just it, it's not it's not something I can really get in the habit of doing is just playing one game just a little bit every single day. It's either I can't keep up the consistency or I want to play it more on certain days, and eventually you run out of things to do on any given day and you have to sit and wait. I think it's the, the I think that's also the reason why I really don't like mobile games as a whole is most mobile games are very much that kind of addicting style of play it a little bit every single day for the rest of your life. Uh and then you you eventually run out of things to do on a given day. So, but anyway, so, that's that's just me. Um so kind of <clears throat> if I can change the topic slightly Certainly. Go. Okay. Um, yeah, so basically, when I was hearing James say that, um, I feel 
quite the same, that uh, I don't play games quite the same way that I used to, that I used to be able to just sit and like play uh, Final Fantasy XI for like 16 hours in a day or something. <laughs> um, and uh, it's been interesting where I've picked up a game that I really enjoy, like say, um, you know, Dragon Quest uh, recently. Uh, I was enjoying that, but I could never force myself to play more than like two hours at a time. Um, however, interesting. yes. Um, and also, uh, so number one, I went back, uh, I had bought Collection of Mana, which includes uh, the original Final Fantasy Adventure, Secret of Mana, and the previously unreleased Trials of Mana, Seiken Densetsu 3, um, that I remember trying to play Seiken Densetsu 3 in like 1998, but it was like a fan translation that was 30% done and I could never get anywhere in it. So I see all these people who have big comments about like, oh man, this game defined my childhood or whatever. And uh, I tried it. I gave a really good shot at it. And when I found out that I was like a third of the way through the game, I just put it down. I was completely <laughs> done with it. Um, Jetty, I just... <laughs> Dang, that's that's pretty I, crazy. I want you to like video games okay, again. <laughs> so here's the thing. Here's the thing. As I'm saying it's all been, this I about feel like, like it's been so long <laughs> that I that I hated this game. Um, previously, I had tried to play. Um, I bought the remake of Mystery Dungeon and Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. Yeah, it's just a remake of Mystery Dungeon, and I kind of preferred the original graphics and. So, like, there's none of the nostalgia. It's just playing the game again. Uh, hmm. I got, you know, like, 10% through, and I was like, okay, that was fun. I <laughs> I had the same thing uh, with the Bowser's Inside Story remake. Like, Bowser's Inside Story is still one of my favorite yeah. games of all time, uh, the original. And I went back to it, and I'm like, I, I don't know, like, because I, I haven't played the original uh, in in years, probably almost a decade by this point, but uh, it's it's been so long since I last played it. I, I'm not entirely sure if it's just I've, maybe I don't love the game itself <laughs> as much as I remember, which is, that's another thing, is that you run into the problem of, well, I didn't like playing the remake of this game, but I also haven't played the original in so long yeah uh, you know how much of these feelings are are a fault of the the yeah, re-release or the the remake or what have you or, and how much of them are a fault of either nostalgia goggles kind of blinding you or yeah. just that the game wasn't as good as you remember when you played it back when you were younger and i think so yeah go ahead or even what well, just to add or even Maybe it's not as much fun the second time you play it. Yeah, that could be. And like it... maybe it's a game that's good once, and then once you kind of know the whole flow of everything. I remember Bowser Inside Story in particular. Like the way it was structured made you feel like you were always really close to like making 
like the last thing that you needed to do and then like you'd end up finding out that there was more stuff that you had to do but it was done in a way that felt satisfying like you were completing things yeah but then also the game was like oh and also here's some more video game that you get to play yeah and I wonder so if I, coming at I, it a second time may change that yeah, dynamic. Yeah, because you somewhat. already know what's coming up, and it, it it almost seems like the the road is longer. If that makes sense, like it's mm-hmm. it's a sense of since you already kind of know what's coming up, you you yeah, aren't as as interested in getting through this you know this current bit because you're like, oh, look how much more I have to go, rather than just being solely focused on the task at hand. Which mm-hmm. I I can kind of sort of agree with that. I think your assessment of how the game was structured is is fairly accurate, at least by my you know almost ten year old, probably like seven year old. I remember memory. very uh, distinctly having that thought at one point during yeah, the game. Yeah, yeah. So do I. Thought I. I was really close to being done, and then there's like here's three things you need <laughs> to do, and I was like. I thought Damn it was it. almost done. I'm happy I'm not. Yeah, and then... Because it's a good game. Yeah, it's it's a really good... I Honestly, I should go back and 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 play that again. I might, so, you know, just just for myself. My Whether to play the original... I've still got my original save file, actually, of, of that cartridge. I've still got the original cartridge that I bought all the way back in 2009. And uh, going back and seeing my old save data on there still, I was like, oh, man, that's so cool. Speaking of I should go back and play that again, um, I decided to revisit Moonlighter. Moonlighter? Yeah. I thought you said you were a fan of Moonlighter, James. Uh, I don't. I could have I don't know what that is. Um, I'm a fan of the moon. That I, I really like I think the it's pretty neat. Yeah, like it's pretty uh, except cool. when it's in Majora's Mask, then it's not so great. No, um, it's even better. That's not the moon. No, it's the so, moon. Uh, no the moon. Explain to me moon. what this is. I, I honestly, I have no recollection of ever hearing then, about this before. Oh, really? Isn't yeah, the is moon it? lighter the sun? Isn't that what lights what the lights, moon? What lights? Uh, <laughs> I could Joe, stop. <laughs> Somebody definitely. I was talking about how I didn't like Moonlighter, and somebody was like, oh, that's my favorite game lately, and I'm like, oh, well, I didn't like it. Moonlighter? Oh, I, I really don't think... So, okay, here's the thing, is that I went into Moonlighter thinking of it in the way that you think of, uh, like, The Legend of Zelda, or the way that you go after um, Hyper Light Drifter, which is that there's a series of dungeons, and you complete them. And uh-huh. completing them is the progression like you you go in once or twice but that the concept is is that you're going to be done with them you're going to get through them with the stuff that you have um and i completely failed to understand that this is more of a a roguelite sort of situation where you're not going in for the purpose of completing it you're going in a little bit at a time to take stuff out and then go to your store, get some money, uh, do some crafting or whatever, build up your uh, arsenal, and then come back. And after, like, five tries, then you can beat the boss. And the point wasn't that you go in and you beat the boss. So I was getting extremely frustrated because, like, basically, I was super dead every time that I went through and I'm like what is going wrong why like 
this game shouldn't be this difficult. It's like, oh, well, of course it's this difficult. You're not supposed to go through it in one time. So basically, once I understood that, I suddenly found myself doing something that I haven't done in many years, which is looking at the clock and going, how did it get to be 1230? I need to work tomorrow. Wow. <laughs> That's interesting, um, but... Uh, like just just to interject here no i have never seen this game before in my life weird no i'm gonna have to go back like after we change subjects i'm gonna it, uh, it seems interesting though i i like figure out who it was that, so it's that. so it's more of a it's more of a dungeon crawler sort of thing in, in the sense that you you make a lot of trips like i'm thinking more in the style of kind of like ultima like the dungeon crawler where well i guess calling it like ultima is, is a very very <laughs> different thing it, just in terms of that kind of, in terms of progression, where you you make repeated trips into a dungeon to just just to kind of, I don't know if I'd call it grinding, but to, yeah, to build up your of... power to get equipment, to get gold, so that you can go and buy better stuff. And then as you buy better stuff, you can now survive farther into the dungeon each time, etc., etc. Yeah. Et yep. Yeah, and, um... okay. That sounds pretty nifty, because I... I've been it, following some of that kind of stuff, and it seems interesting. Yeah, no, um, without understanding that, like, uh, the game kind of put me off, but once I was able to get into it, it's like, okay, I just got to keep going back in, and you need to get out before you die, otherwise you restart without any of your stuff. Oh, yeah, the, the kind of, not permadeath, but, like, that 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 is very roguelite, roguelike yeah. sort of behavior, yeah. And, um, so, yeah, like, I beat it, um in like over the course of a week just kind of going at it where like i'm sitting here at work and i'm like yeah 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 oh man i'm gonna go play moonlighter and then like i i get out of work i immediately go play i'm like eating as i play and i'm like getting further and building up my weapons and everything and going to the next dungeon and you know beating the boss whatever yeah i guess it's strange to me like i had wondered if there was something different about me personally you know, like, now that I'm older, that that's just not a thing to do. Because, again, I definitely enjoyed, you know, uh, Dragon Quest Nine, Um, but I think the fact that Dragon Quest Nine is very story-focused, that as you go through, there's so much new information that it, like, wears on you almost. Like, you've, you've burnt yourself out on this story. Meanwhile, Moonlighter is very story-light. Uh, and very like fun gameplay so it's just me essentially doing a puzzle almost just kind of letting myself go through here um, mindlessly in a way interesting i had a, a sort of similar experience with uh, xenoblade chronicles 2 actually i've been playing a little bit of that recently uh, but when i originally got the game probably a, a few months back uh, I started playing the game, and I was really enjoying it, but then a little ways, you know, I think it's, like, still one of the first couple chapters of the game, like, just chapter two or something, or maybe three, uh, you, you go from kind of being fairly railroaded in terms of what you are and aren't allowed to do, to suddenly they just open up everything, suddenly all of the 50 different shops with each selling a, a different category of item for a specific purpose uh, is now open to you, and you can ju you know you have all these side quests you can go and do 
some of which may be totally out of your level requirement or require you to go to a completely new area of the map. It's all the way, you know, millions of miles away. And that's an exaggeration, of course, but uh, I just remember, I just remember just stopping the game right then and there, just completely, totally, because of just how overwhelmed I was with information. Like they just suddenly started dropping all this these new mechanics on me without really giving me any sort of tutorial or nice, uh, you know, kind of lead in to them or when I should use them, when I I need to use them, or how important they actually are to follow. So suddenly I have. Like, I, I'm not exaggerating when I say there are probably a dozen shops in every single town, and each one of them sells something that is completely different uh, in that game. And it is, it's it's a really big hurdle to jump over. The, the second time around, I actually, uh, when I started going back to play it again about a month ago, I actually just went ahead, deleted my original save file, <laughs> and started over from scratch. Just, and, and that... That really helps. Just being able to go back in and kind of remember, oh, okay, I remember this. I remember these mechanics. And then since I was already familiar with the core stuff, when they when they just kind of eventually dump all of this other additional stuff on top of you when the game really opens up, uh, it was a lot more manageable to start kind of going through and going, oh, okay, so here's how this works. Okay, I don't really need to pay attention to this to these couple of shops at all yet. Uh, I should, you know, and just kind of ease myself into it a little bit better. I think I, I, I would hesitate to say it's bad game design because I know that some people certainly don't like spending the first twenty hours of a game in the tutorial, which I, I think is a, a legitimate complaint. Uh, but at the same time, I think there's also there's also a complaint to be made for the game just suddenly dropping a whole bunch of stuff on you with no no preface and then you have no idea what which of this constant influx of information you actually need to pay attention to to make good progress through the rest of the game yeah so but uh, i can definitely understand the whoa being overwhelmed by <laughs> just a bunch of stuff being dropped on you hey john yo <laughs> Did you perchance hear about some video game news that none of us are currently privy to and would be an interesting point of discussion for a video game news and discussion podcast? Nope, not at all. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So this morning was um an ex uh, was an Xbox like live stream or quarantine live stream where they had developers and literally doing over a Zoom call in their house and then they played. Uh, some in-engine trailers for new games coming off the Xbox Series X. A lot of new IPs, but they also look generic as hell, but there's only a, a couple sequels. So there's like Dirt 5, which is a new rate, uh, part of the new uh, Dirt Racing series. Looks cool. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Um, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2 got a full trailer, which honestly, that's probably my most anticipated of all these, even though I never played the first one, but it looks really cool. Uh, Yakuza 7 looks goofy and zany and action-packed, as does the rest of the series. Yep, as and then, <laughs> good old Yakuza 7. Um, a sci-fi horror game called Scorn, which I thought looked like Alien for a second. Uh, an XCOM game called Corvus, or an XCOM style game, but it's pro there's probably something totally different with it. 
uh, adventure game called Call of the Sea. Really cool art design. A game called The Ascent. Again, another action sci-fi action game. A horror game called The Medium, which... Uh, which when it started playing, I was like, "Ooh, there's a lot of fog, like old bu- old buildings, cool rock, um, cool like rock horror mixed horror music playing." Is this Silent Hill? I was like, "No," but they said it was the same composer as Silent Hill. I'm like, "Okay, well, at least I was half right." <laughs> <laughs> New game from Namco called Scarlet Nexus. Uh, I thought it looked like God Eater Four for a second, but again. <laughs> <laughs> Dinosaur action game called Second Extinction, and yeah, and then got in engine, and then there was an in engine trailer for Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which the developer said was gameplay, and it clearly was not gameplay. Ah <laughs> uh, yes, but, thank, but it was, thank you, but it was, but it was running in engine, so that's better than the CG trailer we got earlier this week. So yeah. sort of broadly, because there's a lot of games being covered in there, so maybe just a more broadly, what did you feel like was the overall message of this presentation? It sounds like to me, based on what you said, was we have a lot of new IP coming out. We are a still growing brand. Yeah, yeah, because... Is that what you, the impression you yeah, got? Yeah, that's the, that's the impression. It's like, we got more stuff coming out that hopefully you can help us make franchises and slash more money off of... <laughs> But yeah, there was no. Um, they mentioned Halo every now every now and then, but they didn't show anything. And Gears Five just came out, so I'm guessing there's no gear, no new Gears of War game in uh, in development right now, or at least good enough to show. It's also weird with the E3 being canceled situation. I don't remember if we talked about that last podcast. Everyone um, wants but... to do Nintendo Directs now. <laughs> Well, there's that, but there's also, like, it's hard to tell, like, when we're going to, like, if we're going to hear E3-level stuff, like, because every company, and now there's not going to be, like, one coordinated push, as far as I know. I think I've heard of a couple of rumors of people trying to put something like that together for there to be, like, a some news push in, like, August, and maybe, or July, but it's it's all really vague and at the point where I do think that it is actually trying to happen, but it is not yet at a stage where we will know if it will actually happen. Yeah. Um, if it, if it'll all come together or if it'll just be everybody just kind of free for alls when they make announcements. I know Nintendo has said that they're at least postponing their, uh, major, they're not doing like an E3 scheduled direct. Mm. And honestly, Nintendo has been doing a lot of their stuff just like, Hey, it's 10 p.m. <laughs> on Twitter. Here's the, the Mario. What? <laughs> Mario Maker 2 has got a, a an update. It's the last final update. We added a bunch of stuff. It's 10 p.m. on Twitter. Have fun. Yep. <laughs> I think they did something like that with Animal Crossing too, but it was the uh, it was the Mario Maker 2 one that threw me off. I've done a little bit of the new Mario Maker stuff. It's fun. The thing, the one last thing that I thought that they I would. If they were going to do a world maker, which is one of the big things that they added, that you can put all your levels into like a world with Ooh. like 40 levels and eight worlds and stuff like Make that. Make your own game. Which is cool. <laughs> Basically, I do wish that they had done an option where you could like use, like, and I, I can understand like at first you'd think like, oh, well, that would be like plagiarism of like using other people's levels in your world. But like you can still, it'll still say like made by this person. Right? Yeah. It's just like making a playlist on YouTube. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're claiming ownership of that thing. You're just grouping it together. And it would have been cool to like do a game cola. Everybody makes a bunch of levels and we 
make a game out of our levels for the people who that done would Mario be Maker pretty too. cool. It sounds but like right now I think it's only what uh, you're looking one for, person. Uh, is make a good Mario Maker level. Make a good Mario Maker <laughs> level contest. That's that's make down a good the hall. Mega Man level contest is what Jetty is referring to. Yeah. Um, which is a cool concept. It takes a long time to put it all together, though. Is the issue? Yeah, it takes. I think on that level. Well, considering that, like, I've been pouring over Nathaniel's reviews for like a month now. Yeah, so have I. I'm still. Oh trying right. To get through them. Yeah, and he's like extended the deadline, and it's like there is so much to look through, and this is just Nathaniel's, and that's just the stuff that he wrote. Like, imagine his let, notes. Let me, you know, let me give let me give some context to this. So Nathaniel has been working on the Make a Good Mega Man Level Three contest. Yeah. I don't. Rem- I know for the first two, he was like involved. He was. In yeah, he he made some the, levels for that. He made. Yeah, he made a level. Um, I think in the second, and one of the other things he did was he was live streaming a lot back then Mm -hmm. and he was streaming all of the levels and all the games. And so like, there's a lot of his community sort of built up about around people being interested in it. And now in this third game, he is one of the judges and the game is also much bigger. There are a lot more submissions and he's been working on that. Pretty much exclusively, I think, <laughs> for a really long time, because it's just so much. Um, and I, yeah, I forgot that he mentioned like he had he wanted some people to look over his reviews, and I imagine that there's a lot. Most recently, he posted because um, what he did, one of the things he did was he took a video of himself playing every single level oh, God. for his own notes. Yeah, and recently he got okayed to post the videos of the levels that were disqualified <laughs> uh one was a meme level where it was uh you know that one scene in metal three. gear where he's going up the ladder yeah, the ladder is like it sings a song what a thrill and they just did that with mega man i i <laughs> i saw that and i thought it was funny but at the same time i totally understand why you would disqualify yeah. it and they didn't even time it right either like if you just start climbing the ladder but like you reach the top before the song finishes playing, yeah. So he just um, he just stood around there and jumped around. He's like, "No, it's all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna let the whole thing play. I'm gonna get the full copyright strike for this video." <laughs> and then also there was a glitch where you went down the ladder and you died. Yeah, and then they didn't put a screen transition back down if you tried to walk back down the ladder, so it just kills you. Wow. Um. But then there were other ones, and it's like there's some of them where it's like there's like 50 minutes. A video Jesus. for, and those were for yeah, the ones that were disqualified. Yeah, single levels, <laughs> like oh my! And there's word. a ton, I bet. So yeah. th- when this game finally comes out, it's gonna be a thing. Everybody should play it. Yeah, you should play it as well. Nice it's it's like thing. there is a lot. Like there's a lot of terrible levels, but there's also a lot of levels that have had a lot of time and thought and care and effort put into them. It's and and on top of all the effort being put in by the the judges, uh, all the people who actually compile all the levels together into the contest game and, like, make the whole hub world and all the other, like, NPC dialogue that just turn it into something really next level. It's 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 really impressive, the, the amount of work and, and effort that goes into making these. It's really amazing. And the engine, too. Yeah, the like, engine, the engine is incredible. I have never seen a more accurate Mega Man engine recreation. And 
much less one that can be expanded to the point that you're having to disqualify levels because they make entirely new special weapons <laughs> or or change the entire ways that existing special weapons work, which that's apparently that's one of the big reasons that they had to disqualify some of the levels is because because not because people put in low effort, but because they put in too much effort and like also, <laughs> yeah, you know, didn't read the rules. But I mean, at the same time, if you're having to disqualify levels because people put too much work into them, <laughs> so to speak, that's crazy to me i don't even remember where we were what we were talking about make before a, we got neither do I. mario maker level oh yeah oh mario yeah maker. i guess that that's sort of run its course i guess um james you wanted to talk about persona for a little bit at least uh, right? yes we're coming up closer to the end i guess this is sort of coming into games we've been playing in recent oh, times yeah. though yeah james will have a lot to say about this one video game because persona 5 royale royal question it's it's, royal? it's just royal so it's it's weird it's it's a little complicated so it's actually the in japan it's called persona 5 the royal but that sounds really awkward but that that's a thing that they do in in the japanese to in, to international conversion is that they remove the the word the from the subtitle for whatever reason so but the, there was Japan, japanese jetty you can check my work on this check my notes um i don't think it has the word the it yeah, absolutely but they really does. like they they it, really like putting za yeah, the, like, yeah. So, ah, so that's the exact phrase. Like, like on the I box see. art, it says the royal. So, yes. Originally, okay. Okay, we're gonna get a bit into to, to the history here. But so, Persona has a a thing with re-releasing uh, enhanced versions of their games. Uh, so it started out with Persona Three, which I think a year or two after its release had an enhanced re-release. So it released originally on the PS2. Uh, and then later uh, in the PS2's lifetime, it had an enhanced re-release, which added some additional content uh, and some other stuff, uh, also on PS2. Then P then Persona 4 came out on the PS2 as well, and a couple years after it released, I think three years afterward, uh, on the PS Vita, they released Persona 4 The Golden in Japan, which was changed to just Persona 4 Golden. And they, they did the same thing here uh, with the release of the enhanced re-release of Persona 5. So it went from Persona 5 The Royal uh, to per just Persona 5 Royal. I so had hurts. For, for I whatever reason that is. But anywho, Persona 5 Royal is basically an enhanced re-release of Persona 5, which came out for the PS3 and PS4 back in 2017. Uh, and it just came out internationally on March 31st uh, this year on exclusively PS4 uh, this time. But, oh my gosh, I have put about 120-something hours into it. I just beat it uh, at the start of this week, the week that we're recording this. And I will, uh, just, just to get this out of the way, uh, it depends on how sensitive you are to spoilers. I will not be discussing any plot spoilers or uh, any of the totally new content that they added uh, in Persona 5 Royal, because that is a really big part. And on top of that, actually, uh, the company that releases it has been really 
trying at least to crack down on spoilers you know whether they've been successful or not is another matter entirely but uh just just to try and avoid spoiling anybody of the experience because i personally just just to get my initial thoughts out of the way i love it i think it's incredible and i already played and beat and put almost 200 hours into the original persona 5 on ps3 i think it is absolutely worth buying the game again at least assuming your your financial situation is all squared away and all that uh it is really really good but as a as a quick spoiler warning i will be talking about some of the new mechanics uh some of the things that they changed uh compared to the original again not really delving into story stuff but absolutely into gameplay mechanics and structure so Basically, as you might expect, they really added a whole bunch of new polish to the game. They added a lot of new small details there. There's a lot more ambient sounds uh, in the game, which is not something I really expect. Now you hear more like murmurs of students when you're walking around school. You can hear like mm. the chirping of birds uh, in various scenes. Tweet, tweet. Lots of ambient, or, or ambient and uh, sound effects and lots of ambiance they've added in various areas, which I, I find interesting of all the things that they would spend time to, to add. But, I mean, it, it's a nice touch nonetheless. Makes the things feel a little bit more... What? I'm adding the, I'm adding oh. the ambient noise oh. here to the oh, podcast. Okay. I was just like, you know, ambient noise... Uh, as as nice as it is in video games, I don't think it's that great for podcasts. Uh, yeah, it's I called think it's ASMR. perfect. It's called oh mm-hmm. yes, of course. Uh, <laughs> yes, hold on. Now the, the game called. Excuse me. Hello and welcome Hello. to the game called no, podcast. Please stop. Please stop. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna scream. I'm, I'm gonna gonna scream. Don't do that. Doing, doing the rest like of the this. podcast like this. I'm gonna uh, cancel the. Scream. I'm gonna cancel the podcast. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, all right, that's it. Podcast. Over. John and I are both just like, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> like, all right, and and we've tuned out of the Game Cola podcast. Goodbye. Thanks for watching. Okay, so there's there's cool ambient noise, cool ambient uh, sound effects. Stuff? A lot of just added little touch and polish. They've added. They they've changed up a couple of the sound effects that you hear more often to have, you know, just a little bit more pop to have a little bit more uh, to be a little bit more pleasing. Uh, they've sped up. Uh, a lot of loading times actually have been drastically improved. Uh, transitioning between areas in game is uh, up to twice as fast in certain uh, in certain cases. Which, not to get into like really technical aspects, but just from a, a user a, a gameplay perspective, the game feels just a little bit more snappy, a little bit more responsive. Uh, they've also tweaked. Uh, some of the gameplay mechanics, uh, both in battle as well as exploration, you can now run in the overworld rather than just in the dungeons, which I really appreciate. It's not a huge game-changing thing because you didn't really have to do too much running around. The worlds aren't too incredibly expansive to the point that running around between areas was was annoying. There is also a fast travel system that's fairly comprehensive in the overworld. So it was never really a huge deal, but it's just a lot. It's just a nice touch that they added. Uh, and then on top of that, uh, they enhanced a lot of stuff, such as the the stealth mechanic or the stealth mechanic, the the hiding mechanic, which was a little bit clunkily implemented in the original game. It was very cool. It was the first time they'd ever really done something like that. So for enemies in dungeons, you could. 
uh, hide behind blocks and stuff and, and various different objects and surfaces and uh, get the drop on enemies and get an initial kind of surprise round in combat by taking advantage of it. But uh, when you would you know, hide behind an object, the game would lock your camera angle to like a roughly 90 degree rotation. So you could only turn the camera in sort of the a 90 degree window of the direction you were facing. So if, say, there was something behind you, you accidentally kind of snapped to a wall that you didn't mean to, suddenly you could be like facing completely the wrong way and you can only rely on the minimap or nothing at all to see if there's enemies around where your location is. And that was uh, kind of an annoyance in the original game. So they've, they've totally kind of reworked that system. So now you can rotate the camera freely when you're, when you're hiding and you're kind of snapped up against a wall. Uh, and the way that you jump between various different points uh, for hiding has also been greatly improved. So now you can actually manually select them with the D-pad uh, instead of trying to angle the center of your view on the right points. Uh, which is how it worked in the original. So lots of changes there. Again, it's it's a lot of minor stuff, but they they just go that little extra distance to making the game, even on a repeat playthrough for as someone who played the original game, just making it more satisfying, less frustrating, uh, and just more enjoyable overall. And then the really, really big one that I'm really happy they improved is the baton pass mechanic. Baton pass is... Uh, a gameplay element in the battles. Oh, it's a gameplay element where you can boost your stats and then send it over to the next Pokemon. It's <laughs> um, banned in competitive play. Yeah, so <laughs> actually, that's that's not too far off, uh, honestly, of how it works. Yeah, he's making a this Pokemon mechanic reference. is banned in Persona Five Royal competitive, in competitive play? play because it's broke. Okay, no. Are you sure it's not Persona Five Royale? I am positive. Only one it out is of ninety nine personas Anyone, win. It, it, I have no, never there's seen no e it at in, the end. In, yeah, it's it, there's no e at the end. It is Persona Five Royal because if it were because the Japanese name is Persona Five the Royal, you wouldn't say the Royale. I wouldn't say it's either. It's not the of name of an days. ocean liner. It's it's the name of a video game, not an ocean liner. The Royale. I wouldn't say the Golden. Well, yeah, I but the, I mean I that's think... that's that's more of a Japanese, you know, kind James. of clunky English sort of thing. But then that applies to the exact same argument that you started with. All right, all right, fair enough. James, but, I agree with your conclusion, but not your argument to get All right, <laughs> anyway, I, I digress, but so oh in Lord. that, that's, the, okay, so in Persona, the, in, in Persona 5, the baton pass mechanic was once you, uh, the, the, to, to get a little bit into the details of it, so Persona 5 is a combination sort of RPG, JRPG, and uh, sort of dating sim kind of life simulator. There's a lot of time management involved and that sort of thing. And one of the, by hanging out with your various party members and socializing with them, you strengthen your bonds with them and gain various different abilities and skills uh, that you can use uh, during both normal gameplay, in the dungeons, in battle, all over the place. And one of those mechanics in the original that you would eventually unlock is something called Baton Pass, which is where if you hit an enemy uh, in battle with a, an, an element that it's weak to or just or got a critical hit or knocked it down in some way, you could 
pass your turn over, you, you would get an extra turn. But instead of using it for yourself, you could switch off to another person in your party and their attacks uh, would gain a boost to their strength and also a boost to the effectiveness of, say, a recovery spell, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, but it was something that you had to unlock, and it was really satisfying once you got it all unlocked in the original game because it meant that you could really enhance the strategy of battle. You could target... Uh, you, you didn't have to worry about being able to cover all of the elements uh, in just each particular character, which is impossible for your party members, but only sort of possible for your main character. And instead, you could rely on more strategic elements, such as hitting one person's weakness with one character and then tagging off to someone else who has the remaining weaknesses or or even chaining multiple baton passes together to knock down all of the enemies and hit all of their weaknesses, which was a really cool uh, and, and enjoyable, satisfying way to play. Uh, but it required ranking up potentially several times with each of your party members as you unlock them as the story progresses and that kind of meant that new party members were a lot less useful than ones who you'd already really been hanging out with and it, it almost in a way discouraged uh use of them until you really unlocked their their higher level abilities uh but now in royal uh, it, that, that mechanic is now completely unlocked from the start of the game. As soon as you get a new party member, you can baton pass to them straight away. You don't need to, to level up with them or any uh, spend any time socializing with them. And instead, they've added new uh, skills that you get by socializing with them instead to, to replace them, which are, is really cool. And on top of that, they've added the ability to, to power up the baton pass for individual characters, which you can do for everybody by the end of the game, assuming you manage your time and and you want to do that, uh, you know, depending on if that's how you want to play it. Uh, and it goes from not just being able to power up your attacks, but uh, if you continually chain together baton passes, you'll start recovering HP and SP, which is like your, your magic points uh, and various stuff. On top of... If you chain together your full party in a baton pass chain, uh, the final person that you that you pass the baton to uh, will have their next skill that they perform cost nothing. No HP, no SP. You can essentially use any spell you want completely for free, which is a really, really cool feature. And uh, they actually started to add a couple new challenge battles uh, to the game that really test your ability to strategize and make skillful use of that mechanic. And I think it's it's really phenomenal. Of all the changes in Royal that I would say makes a lot of difference is that one right there, because it just adds a whole new level of strategy to the gameplay. And on top of all the new content that they've added, which I won't go into, but is really, really good stuff. Uh, so I highly encourage if anybody here who's listening wants to get into the Persona series, has played the original game and doesn't sure if they want to to buy this new re-release or not, I, I highly encourage it. Personally, I think it's absolutely worth it. Lots of cool changes, just all around a fantastic experience. 
You're talking to me, aren't you? <laughs> I mean, you're kind of busy with all the stuff you've been playing, haven't you? Maybe. <laughs> uh, speaking of games that uh, John has been playing, James, you're not allowed to have played any more games. <laughs> <laughs> I've talked enough. That's for, exactly for what all. I thought. I was have gonna been happen. playing one other game, but I will. I'll talk about it at I, some other point. I was. Yeah, I was gonna. I figured that you you've been saying you had a lot you wanted to say about Persona. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> so, that's that's the big cool. thing but, I wanted to get off my chest there. Yeah, um, John, what have you been playing in recent times? Uh, well, I already talked about Kingdom Hearts and mm-hmm. Doom Eternal. More like Kingdom Farts. <laughs> you just have to get that out of the way. <laughs> but, um, Continue. I'm, oh yeah, uh, yeah. So been playing Kingdom Hearts. I plowed through the first game, plowed through the second game, and I'm playing the third one right now. I played. Beat Doom Eternal. That was a lot of fun. Um, my roommate and I we played Night Trap from the uh, oh. on the uh, oh, Nintendo Switch. Wow. That was super fun. Did you did you actually beat it? Yes, we did. Wow. Okay, I'm impressed. That was, it was. A little... Did you have to use any guides? No, or did you... we did not. We used our memories. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> wow. Cannot tell you. <laughs> But event, and then we went on YouTube and watched the actual like story portion of it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that was fun. We beat. Um, we also played Resident Evil Remake, the first the first one on the PS4. Mm. That is probably one of the best and most polished games I've ever played in my life. I love that game. Oh yeah, and then the, we played the Resident Evil One Remake. Yes. Oh yeah, and then we played the remake of Resident Evil Three. That was that was fun, but really short which I'm sure everyone on the internet is, agrees with. And then we also beat Uncharted 4, so which was super fun. Yeah, you've gotten a lot done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was a lot. Uh, we have a lot of time. Might as well. <laughs> uh, right now we're playing through Dead Rising, and um, I'm also playing, by myself, I'm playing through Kingdom Hearts 3, and then Pac-Man World 1, and then Final Fantasy 4 also. I always forget that there's a first Pac-Man world. I only ever hear about two and three. <laughs> I never played two and three. I played the first one at my cousin's house so long ago, and I was like, you know what? I never act- I only played the first three levels. I want. I want to see the rest of the game. <laughs> so I start playing. I start playing the rest. All of it. I've I've told my story about Pac-Man two enough times. You can probably just search it on the Game Cola website and find what I had to say. Uh, is that everything you've been playing, John? Uh, yeah. Want me going in All depth right. on any and any of them, or just move on because we already went in. I think yeah, we're we're getting up in time, and we've covered a lot of ground today too. So let's let's just hit off on everything. Anna, did you have any games that you've played in recent times that you haven't talked about yet? Um, aside from Animal Crossing, I've been playing Just Dance Twenty Twenty, uh, Crypt of the Necro Dancer, Taiko no Tatsujin. Is that how you say that? Drum and Fun. Um, I just want to remind everyone I'm very white. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's alright. But I've been playing those on my Switch. I've been playing a lot of Sims 4 between between playing Animal Crossing and doing work. I've also been playing a lot of Animal Crossing. um, Which, am I allowed to talk about the... uh, stuff pack or should i save that one yeah you can you can talk about i was going to ask you about but also you just said that in between playing work and animal in between going to work and playing animal crossing you've been playing animal crossing i did oops i meant sims 3 (laughs) sims 4 oh god sims a they've been so long guys (laughs) 
Okay, Anna, tell us oh, no. the cool the story that will end that will round out a narrative that started out a few podcasts ago about Sims Four. So for the Sims Four, there's been um, these polls for the new stuff pack or game pack or whatever uh, that is going to revolve around crafting and most notably knitting. And um, so they recently came to the uh, last one and all the announcements were made and I need to look it up because I forgot immediately what it is. But the last poll was based around the name of the pack and um, the icon that was going to be used. Uh, and let me just look it up. Uh, they posted it earlier this week, I believe. But yeah, the um, most recent announcement has been a few of the things that are going to be in the new stuff pack, uh, as well as the name and icon. And so the name of it is going to be... What, where is it? <laughs> where is it? Give... Where's the name? Maybe the name was so bad they just de- they just completely deleted it off the internet. They were like, "Nope, we're going back to the drawing board." Hang on a second. Oh no. Okay, so the name was announced on May first, I think. All right, so the name right now is Sims Four Nifty Knitting Stuff Pack, which not a huge fan of the name, but the icon is like just two balls of yarn in a basket with two knitting needles stabbed into one of the um yarn uh balls and so in in the uh game it will feature some new clothes some of which you actually have to knit to be able to wear there is a rocking chair now and also uh a cool i'm reading this also in this pack is a cool feature called plopsy yes plopsy (laughs) it's it's Etsy. What? They have made Etsy. Oh. <laughs> in oh the Sims. my god. So uh, you can sell uh, things like paintings, woodwork sculptures, and as well as knitting stuff. So um, so that's what's coming up. The It's not going to be the next pack that's coming out because the next pack actually, I just saw a trailer for it yesterday, is going to be eco-living stuff. But um, Didn't they already do that? I think they announced it. They have a while back. I'm fairly so certain they did like some kind of eco-friendly living like pack. Tiny, tiny living. That's oh. the one that came out. Yeah. Which oh, um. Yeah. I don't some people own... call that minimalism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well. How yeah. many? How many expansion packs has? Because when did? When, okay, first of all, when did Sims, Sims 4, Four come came out? out in in September of 2014? There wow. have been. Let me open. Uh, let like, me open I, I would. I would hazard a guess to say that there have been over a dozen expansion packs released for Sims Four. There have been so many, and the thing is, they've kind of replaced. So what the Sims Three did is they had an online store where you could buy different things. What Sims Four has done has gotten rid of that, and has replaced it with. Game packs, stuff packs, and expansion packs. So there are three different packs. Hmm. Um, the game packs, I, I can't remember which, if the stuff packs or game packs are uh, first in this, but one of them is about $10. That is basically what you would have gotten in The Sims 3 online. Hmm. Uh, just like a collection of 
objects and clothes and hairstyles in a uh, certain setting. So like there's a bowling one, uh, there's a fitness one, I think, there's backyard movie stuff or something. Uh, Origin is having a sale on some stuff. Uh, the $10 ones aren't on sale, but the next tier up is like, I think $20. It's like between $15 and $20, I can't remember. But that one's like spa and like spa stuff, camping stuff, traveling stuff, and then there are the expansion packs, which are bigger. I'm about to count these. Give me a sec. <laughs> um, but I, I own every expansion pack. I don't own every single one of the other ones because there are less of them. When did buying video games become so complicated? Yeah. <laughs> ever since Sims came out. <laughs> yeah. Ever so since there are EA currently decided. eight expansion packs with uh, with the night uh, with the next one coming out in June. Eight. Um, there are eight expansion packs. Game packs. There are eight uh, eight game packs. And there are a lot of stuff packs, because like I said, those ones are cheaper and they have a like just random stuff. Gotcha. Wow, that's Didn't we fill out a poll for one of these things? I feel like we did. I know which podcast it was. I don't remember if we filled out a poll. Podcast one thirty four quizzing a man into existence. <laughs> Alright, so there are sixteen um sixteen stuff packs. Uh that's a that's like twice as many as both of the other ones. But yeah, quizzing a man into existence, that was actually a new feature that they updated with where um, you could take a quiz and make a human. And our human was that. honestly the, the best. <laughs> so, that was the name of the podcast, not the <laughs> actual feature. <laughs> but no, that's in Create a Sim, they had a new feature at the time. But um, that was like a year ago now, I think. Yes. Um, but yeah, so that... I really want that knitting stuff pack because I am big into crafting and not knitting per se, but crocheting as I've been making a blanket this entire time. Um, nice. But yeah, I was going to say this, this pack seems pretty up your alley. Yeah. I'm really excited for it. Um, I know a lot of other people are just like, Oh, that's dumb, but you know, screw off. I, I want to <laughs> have fun. <laughs> oh, let me have fun. But, um, no, I'm very and excited. Sitting on for her that. rocking yeah. chair on her porch with her knitting needles, just waving them violently. <laughs> That's me. You, you kids, let me have my fun. That's in. not even me in 30 years. That's me right now. <laughs> <laughs> I also like how they they didn't have a rocking chair before the knitting pack. They were like, "No, hang on, we gotta save this because nothing says knitting like sitting in a rocking chair." The thing is, and I've seen a few people comment on this with, like, that announcement of uh, just, like, everything that's going to be in the pack. Uh, someone was like, I really want there to be something for elders, because there honestly isn't a ton of exclusive uh, things for elders, really. Um, because once toddlers finally came to the game, <laughs> ev it, everyone was just so f focused on the toddlers. Toddlers. And so I think there's a special... Uh, there are a few special things that have to do with the rocking chair and elders. It's not exclusively for elders, like other people can sit on it, I'm sure. But uh, that was a big <laughs> this thing. This rocking was... chair is only for old people. <laughs> you can only sit You're in a rocking chair. Not allowed. It's are illegal. Yeah. You must be at it's least illegal. this old to ride. But uh, yeah. As soon that's... as you start lowering yourself, the cops burst through the door. Yeah. <laughs> Stop right there. What do you think? No, um, so I'm really excited for that one. 
but otherwise I haven't really been playing a ton of other games aside from one other, which I can talk about later because, uh, like next podcast, because I haven't completely finished it, but Coffee Talk, which is, mm. which is basically if you took Valhalla and made it urban fantasy and instead of alcohol, it was tea and coffee. And it's for a second, I thought nice. you were just gonna say tea, and it's like that is quite a misnomer of a game. <laughs> Coffee talk, a game where you drink tea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's 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 basically just Valhalla except urban fantasy and uh coffee and tea. Also seems very up your alley. Yeah. I do, I do wanna hear your thoughts on that uh on the next episode I, I have yeah, heard absolutely. about that game, so do we have a cliffhanger on this episode of the GCPC? What will happen next? Tune in next time. Yeah, uh, Jetty, did we cover any... Did you have any games that you've been playing that we didn't cover? Uh, there is one more. I played uh, Katamari Damacy Reroll. Um, mm-hmm. I enjoyed that. That was actually um, before I... Is that a sequel or a remake? Remake. Or a remake of a sequel? No, it's just a remake of the first game. Um, okay. But, you know, it's been... you know. 15 years or something since i played mm. the game um yeah, no i just i didn't remember which one it was yeah um it was really good um it was another one that actually i got really into and just like burned through in a few days it is interesting because having played this after playing donut county i realize now how much of katamari damacy is donut county yeah that it's basically just the same game but with holes um, yes. instead of, yeah, um, yes. I didn't realize quite exactly how much it was like that, but I did also notice, um, I prefer the Donut County method of play better because it's more of a puzzle game. Um, it's more of once you get going, uh, you just kind of keep building up. Whereas, uh, Katamari Damacy, it's very easy to, uh, somehow randomly get trapped between two objects and just shaken until you lose so much of your uh diameter or whatever that um it's impossible to beat the level and the concept of like it's not really a puzzle game because you keep running into things that are like knocking you down and i much prefer the if i have trouble with something it's not because it's annoying it's because i need to figure it out or whatever like I like the puzzle mm-hmm. aspect of that and mm-hmm. the the number of ways that you can fail just due to like, oh, stuff keeps hitting you or like, oh, you went to the wrong section and everything in here was too big and you wasted a bunch of time running around not mm-hmm. getting anything. Um, and then there's the whole levels that are about like accidentally, like avoiding accidentally picking up a certain type of object I, and you like the challenge is you can't see what you're doing. Yeah, I personally love those ones. Um, the first time... <laughs> Those seem really frustrating to me. Yeah, um, no, I thought it was hilarious the first time that I, like, I ran into, uh, I believe he described it as microscopic, uh, a bear, but it was, like, the world's <laughs> tiniest, like, you can't actually tell that that's what it is until you hit it. Um, yeah. That I found hilarious. I, I actually really enjoyed all of those, uh, puzzle levels where you're making the constellations as opposed to making just stars. Um, mm. No, I enjoyed uh, Katamari Damacy, despite I'm glad. the things that I said I didn't like about it. 
I'm glad that you are able to enjoy modern video games. I was beginning to, to worry <laughs> that the narrative that would be constructed over the course of the Game Cole podcast was that Jetty Nep didn't play new video games for so for a long, really long time. <laughs> and then as soon as he started playing new video games, he hated all of them. <laughs> and, and that was something that I like. I had to search inside myself to find this. But, like I was, it, I was it's concerned. It's his character arc. It's his character yeah, like, <laughs> I was concerned that something's changed within me that I can no longer literally enjoy video games. Um, but I <laughs> that would be really trouble. Oh, that would that would be very upsetting for me. Yeah. Editor I mean, of GameCola.net, have... video game hater. Yeah, forced, forced <laughs> to resign because he hates video games. <laughs> that should be a fabricated. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, on the Onion Gaming, <laughs> yeah, hard drive, hard drive oh magazine. You either. I mean, it would still be good. It would still be good podcast content because some of my favorite sections of the podcast are the ones where you go into this game and how terrible it is. Yeah. But I don't think. I mean, you if could, you want to hear me, talk, I don't think that's sustainable on, emotionally. If you really want to hear me talk about a video game that I hated, I can talk about uh, Trials of Mana. Uh, maybe on oh, the next no. episode. Maybe Wait, like the the, the new we'll game? Another clip. Uh, the, the... the yeah, they're they're releasing a 3D remake of it. Yeah, but I played. They I've released, been playing it. They released the original in the collection of Mana. Yeah, yeah. I've been, I've been playing both. We talked about it a little bit earlier on the cast. Yeah, um, and I uh, I did not enjoy it. Um, oh wow! Things about it that I did didn't like particularly interesting wow we'll have to address that on the next episode of the game Cola podcast now there's two cliffhangers also, luckily they're done by it. the two people who are like on every podcast so <laughs> yeah, certainly like come back cliffhanger and it's never hey, resolved no. for 18 years can i also say hopefully uh maybe maybe a game cola super fan out there can uh, tell me why i think that james played moonlighter <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I have no explain. idea why you thought I played that game. Or, or it's like not. I, it's not mentioned on the site anywhere. Like none of the article descriptions mention Moonlighter, so it's really difficult. Is it in the Discord? Maybe. Yeah, like, I'll have to search dis- after. Because I, I have yeah. never heard of this game before. Because the other thing is, I was like, okay, well, maybe it was somebody else. Maybe somebody. Um, you know, maybe Matt Breslau or something was on the podcast, but he hasn't been any on on any of the ones where I would have talked about it. Hmm. You know, like I, I'm I'm really it's bothering me. Can can <laughs> any Game Cola fan, you out there in Internet Land listening right now, can you tell me when I talked about Moonlighter? Yeah, why why he thinks I had anything to do with that game? Yeah. uh... Was I talking about a different game? And I just thought that's, maybe... that's all I can think is that you may have just been thinking you were talking about one game, but really you were talking about yeah. something else. Because I'm sure I honestly don't. I'm sure we've talked about talking games about that Moonlighter. I play that you that I like or that you don't like or, or something similar. But I yeah. know we've talked about something like that, but it definitely was not this game. I don't remember well, what game let's... it was though. Yeah. Let's wrap up the podcast and we can figure it out. So thank you for listening to this episode of the Game Cola Podcast. If you like what you heard, please find us on our actual internet website, GameCola.net, or our YouTube channel, GC.net, the letter G, the letter C, the word dot, the word net, uh, social media. 
like uh, Twitter and Facebook. I'm just going to go through it all real quick because we're running out of time. Uh, just search Game Cola and you'll find us. If you want to find us on a certain platform and we're there, just search Game Cola. Uh, that goes for podcasts like Spotify or Apple Podcasts. That goes for things like Twitch. Um, and if you want to find the Discord, you can find it in our Twitter description or on the in the article on the Game Cola website that you can find in, in the article's description or on the top of the site page. I think there's also a link yes. to the Discord. Uh, and you can come and ask us questions and tell Jetty yes. why he thinks that jo- anyone has played Moonlighter except for him. Join the Discord um, and let me know. Yep. <laughs> um, oh, also, I don't know if we talked about this the last time, but the, the Minecraft server, uh, I don't know if we had it up last podcast, but we, we James has very graciously set up the uh, the game Cola Minecraft server. I've been having some fun with people. I've been playing. We had a like a launch stream, and then I've been playing with Dana and Little Winky, uh, on and off. It's also been a very busy time for me. I don't actually have a million hours to play video games, <laughs> um, so I'm busier than ever. Okay, rub it so, in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I it's not a. I don't see this as a good thing. I'm not getting paid to be busy. <laughs> um. Anyway. Thank you for listening. I think I covered all of the things. I mean, you can listen to another podcast. If, if and fan mail? Other things that I made. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, you can send it to the email. Usually we do the, the Discord, Discord nowadays. More responsive yeah, that's true. Than the, I mean, there's podcasts at GameCola.net if you want to send us an email. Um, we I have not been mentioning it as much just because even when I do mention it, people usually either do like Twitter or the Discord now anyways. Um, yeah, I think that's everything. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful time of day, wherever it is, whenever it is you are listening to this podcast, and we will see you later. (laughs) I don't know, next month. Everything's kind of wild right now, but hopefully soon. (laughs) Stay safe, everybody. Yes. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Bye. I weirdly find that I, uh, there's a plane going on. Hold on. I'm going to wait. John, why don't you go? There's a plane happening. (laughs)